You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. The number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We are going to talk some NFL draft today. We are going to talk some free agency today now that we know what's going on with the salary cap. But let's start with that draft piece because... Um, the the reporting from the Draft Network yesterday had Demetric Felton interviewing via Zoom with the Green Bay Packers. And am I leading this podcast with that because I think Felton is a perfect fit for Green Bay? Yes and no. Uh, I'm doing it uh, for that reason, but but because this is part of a trend for Brian Gutekunst. Okay, Ted Thompson. In his approach, he took a very dogmatic approach. And you heard Andrew Brandt on this podcast a few weeks ago say that Ted Thompson, when he got the job, told Andrew Brandt, we're not signing free agents. It's just not what we're going to do. And of course they did. You know, they, they Charles Woodson, Ryan Pickett, Julius Peppers, they, they signed some very impactful free agents over the years in Green Bay. But they were mostly a draft and develop team. And from that, They used a lot of the athletic thresholds that Ron Wolf developed, that Ted Thompson, they were essentially in a book under his pillow every night. And they were law in Green Bay. And they really didn't sway very far from those physical profiles. They wanted guys who fit certain requirements. You know, they never drafted interior offensive linemen. They always drafted offensive tackles who they would move to guard. They never drafted short receivers. They never drafted short corners. They never drafted unathletic pass rushers. It was always from this set of parameters. Brian Gutekunst right away showed he was willing to go outside those norms. Very first offseason, he signs multiple free agents, including a splash free agent, Jimmy Graham. And in that draft, not only do they trade down, that was very much part of Ted Thompson's MO, but he trades up, which was very much not, to draft an undersized, by their standards, corner. And it turned out that was a great move with Jair Alexander. And you go a year later, he trades up in the first round again. But not only does he trade up in the first round again, he drafts with a top 50 pick, by the way, an interior offensive lineman, and not just any interior offensive lineman, a center in Elton Jenkins. That turned out to be a great pick. 
And you can go through a lot of Brian Gutekind's best moves, the value moves, the midseason moves. He was he's been so much more active during the season than Ted Thompson was. Although Ted Thompson made a couple key, you know, preseason moves, getting Tremont Williams, getting Ryan Grant. Um, you know, little like I'm just gonna steal this guy off the practice squad type stuff. But in season, you know, to go get Tyler Irvin, that was a huge part of the, the second half special teams resurgence in 2019, it became uh, an important part of the offense late in the year and into 2020 before Irvin got hurt. I think they realized the power of that position. And so that leads us to now where they have these draft meetings with JV and Hawkins, with Demetric Felton, with Asante Samuel. These guys are undersized guys. They don't fit the traditional profile that Green Bay tends to look for physically. And yet when Green Bay has gone outside those profiles, they've had some success. It is another indication of Brian Gutekind's willingness to say, I'm going to put my stamp on this just because we've done it a certain way for a long time and have had success doing it. Doesn't mean it is the only way to do it. Doesn't mean it's even the best way to do it. And that's not to say that I think it would be a good thing if they suddenly stopped drafting athletic offensive linemen. Or if I thought that it was a good thing that they might suddenly start drafting short receivers. Now, it might be. It might be. And, you know, Ben Fennell is someone who always says, you know, he he thinks that some of this threshold stuff is kind of stupid because you could be. Um, essentially self-selecting out of a good football player for, you know, these historical markers. Now, I, I trust the data. I trust the data, and there's compelling data that says, look, if an offensive lineman's three-cone is above X, they're probably not going to be very good. The likelihood that they will not be good increases significantly. And it just so happens that the Packers really value the three cone with offensive linemen. And that stuff is a good way to make decisions in the drafts because you are, in a lot of ways, just throwing darts. There's so many factors that contribute to a player's success from scheme fit to coaching to surrounding players. And not everyone is like the quarterback where they can dictate terms themselves. So much of the vast majority of players' success is provided by context. And in the wrong context, they could be bad players, but in the right context, they could be really good players. And we've seen this. We've seen this over and over and over again in the league. And so if you're the Packers, it is one thing to trust those historical numbers. And and they do. And, and again, I think they should. But a willingness to say, we're going to be open to some of these other things. We're going to be open to different styles. We're going to be open to a new offense. Because it's also the case that going back to Mike Holmgren and Ron Wolf, they've been playing the same kind of offense essentially since, what, 1992? The Mike Sherman offense, not really that different. We're talking about West Coast Disciples. And then you get Mike McCarthy. And they're all running versions of this Bill Walsh system. Now, technically, so is is um, Matt LaFleur, 
but it is a, a, a different, a fundamentally in a lot of ways, different tree with the outside zone and the play action and all that stuff. And because of the way it's been adapted and utilized moving forward into present day, they can say, hey, look, when we had this player, it really changed our offense. But it's not that this player is special. Tyler Irvin, you know, he was great to come in and provide a little spark in the punt return game and and having him, his versatility was useful for the Packers. Just having the threat of him as a jet sweep player was useful. Guess what? That's not unique to him. A lot of guys who could fill that role. And for the Packers to say, hey, um, I know we have this idea that, you know, all these guys need to be X, Y, Z, but what if, what if we were going to draft someone who just was going to fill this specific role? Do we need to care as much about that stuff? And there's two parts of this, right? The top 100 players, those are bigger swings. It's more important that you get those right. And to me, therefore, those historical averages matter more. To me. Because you need to mitigate risk as much as possible. You need to make sure that those are baseline good players. And you'd prefer to have the upside of potential greatness. And generally speaking, that means drafting good athletes. And generally speaking, that means finding guys who had success in a defined role in terms of what they what they were asked to do or what they could be asked to do in the NFL. They had actual collegiate success doing that thing. You know, if you're a pass rusher in college who never really has success in the NFL, that's a problem. Now, the flip side of that is Rashawn Gary, someone who wasn't really consistently asked to just pin his ear back and rush, but has these elite physical tools. Those are the guys you can project forward. Freak, absolute, all-time outlier athletes, which is what Rashawn Gary is. Those are the, the, the risks that you make. You know, Darnell Savage undersized by safety standards in the NFL. But a 4-3-40 guy, instincts, playmaking, all of that stuff. You you miss out on the chance to take these guys if you if you are rigid in your adherence to these rules. And so for Green Bay, I think it's a really good thing not because of Demetric Felton, but not not because of Demetric Felton. If they draft Demetric Felton, I'll be elated. Because I think it is such a good fit. This willingness to say, these are the things that this team specifically needs. And to say, look, maybe in the fourth round, when you want to fill a specific role, we don't really care if the guy's 5'9", because that's fine for this specific role. You know, late on day three, you're just it's just dart throws. And so just, just grab athletes. Just grab athletes because they're probably just going to be special teams guys anyway. And at the very least, you want to give yourself an opportunity that they have the athleticism to get significantly better. That's what that's what day three is for. And the early, the early picks, you also, by the way, want to pick great athletes because that gives you that upside with a little bit more of a floor there. Say, okay, higher floor. These guys are, you know, at worst, we're going to get X, Y, Z from this guy. In the middle rounds... In a year where, you know, you could use a little run after the catch kind of guy, a jet sweep guy. Who cares how tall they are? You need a punt returner. Some, something like that. And in the fourth or the fifth round, you can get, uh, you know, you're probably not going to get Felton in, in those spots. But, you know, someone like Dwayne Eskridge, who is small by Packer standards. Felton, who is small. 
maybe in the third round, you're going, yeah, but we know that they can play this role for us. We know that they can do this thing for us, or or we we strongly believe. You know, you never know anything in the draft. If anyone tells you they know anything in the draft, mute them, block them, whatever about about a specific player. There are some things that we can know about the draft in general. You don't know anything about a player's future. You you cannot read the future. You cannot predict it. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect I've ever seen. I do not know. He's going to be a good NFL player. I strongly believe he will. And I know that for me, he's the best prospect I've ever seen. But I don't know that that means he's going to be a good NFL player. I just don't. And so for a Felton or a Hawkins, they could come in. And and it it does matter that, that, that the Packers have very few holes. But even in the first round, Asante Samuel is someone that the Packers are not going to get in the second round. Now, maybe they can trade down in the first and, you know, you trade into the high second and still grab someone like that. But you meet with him because you like him enough to draft him or you you want to see. And and they were really interested in Jalen Rager last year, despite the fact that not only was he a little undersized, but he didn't have the sort of agilities that they normally like. I'm sure they thought he could fill a role. By the way, he could return kicks. He could be that jet motion guy. I mean, he's Tyler Irvin on steroids, but not actually on steroids to my knowledge, just so we're clear. That that souped up gadget role. That's the guy that this offense is missing if they're missing anyone. And that's a, a luxury. You don't need to spend a second round pick on that guy. But maybe in the third, in the fourth, in the fifth, you can relax your strict standards and say, we know that we need a, a guy like this. And we think this guy can do it. We don't think he needs to be six foot to do that. And that, by the way, I, I think is true. And so this this willingness to move their feet, to be nimble about it and just say, look, we know that this is the way it's always been done. We think that you know we need to be a little bit more um, reactive to, to what our team is doing and to be in a position where you have enough good players to say, yeah, we can, we can sort of go outside our norms here just to find the right guy, the perfect guy. We want the perfect guy to fill this role. And so let's not let's not be so rigid with these these ideas of okay we want to we want to draft a guy because we think he can be an X receiver. Well, no. How about we we want to we want to figure out who can fill this specific role and maybe that means relaxing our standards. I think personally that's a really good thing for this team. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use on other important things like mortgage or food. So why would you spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership when you could be going to rockauto.com? Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Rockauto.com's catalog is easy to use, easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. We have a cap number. I didn't want to lead the show with the math. <laughs> 182.5 
million dollars is the cap. So the, the new floor was 180. They went a little bit over that new floor. That difference is not materially impactful for really any team. Green Bay's got a shed nine and a half or so million dollars just to get even. And we'll have to go even more than that as we get into 2021 and, and the start of the season. But a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Um, Zadaria Smith tweeted that he wanted to be a Packer for life. And some people, myself included, wondered if this was the opening salvo to the announcement of a new deal. And Zadarius is 28. He will turn 29 before the season opens in September. And we haven't talked, I don't think, enough about what his situation is financially. He's been he's been great, worth every penny. And if they paid him in 2021, he's going to count 22 million on the cap. If they paid him that, you know, and, and the 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 bonus, the prorated bonus, they're not paying him. He's already been paid it. But that money, that cap charge, he's worth that cap charge. But could you get that cap charge down? The prorated bonus money's already been paid, so that is going to count. He also has a roster bonus. Um, you could turn that roster bonus into signing bonus, but he's only got two years left on the deal. That doesn't really help, right? Not a lot anyway. But he only has two years left on his deal. Like I said, he turns 29 uh, in September. So in order to do a restructure or an extension, you, you have to, in all likelihood, add years. And if you're doing an extension, of course, you have to add years. Would he take a little bit of a pay cut to help keep Preston in town? Dunno. Doubt it. And, and by the way, I would not advise him if I were his agent to do that. But he's only under contract this year and next year, which means he would be an unrestricted free agent heading into his age 30 season. What kind of money can he realistically expect to get? Now, if he has two more really good seasons, you know, someone probably will pay him. He plays a premium position. But will who will who will value him the way Green Bay is going to value him. I don't think it's prohibitive. They can they can get out of this deal. Okay. They can get out of this deal after next year and you only have that 5 million on the cap. And actually if they cut Zadarius Smith after 2021, they would save 15.75 million dollars on the cap. So you're not really worried about cash flow here because they can cut him after 2021. They frankly could cut him now, but you'd have to eat the bonus money. That becomes a lot easier to do in a year. So if you're negotiating from Green Bay side, you're saying, look, Z, we love you, man. Really do. But this number is too high. 2020, 22 million on the cap this year, 20 million on the cap next year, almost 21. It's too much. It's too much. So we are going to give you an extension. And maybe this is where you throw in a void year. You know, th th they can they can get a little funny with the math if they want. You could give them a four-year deal 
That's really a three-year deal with a void year. You're giving him that extra year and he can go hit free agency. Now that's that's not much in terms of, you know, some some stability. But if they could if they could get him on a number that is reasonable through 2024, let's say, where again, the last year of that deal is probably not going to be. And you're you're assuring him another year at a nice number while trying to bring down 2021. That's doable, especially if he wants to be a Packer for life. Now, look, when they when they hit free agency the first time, the Smith brothers, they told Robert Mays at The Athletic, then I believe of, of uh, The Ringer, that they let their agent handle it. They went where they were getting the most money. And, you know, that's true. But when you're in a place and under contract, you know, the, the calculations are a little bit different. So maybe, maybe you have a situation where you're Z and you say, I want to, I want to be a Packer for life. So let me help with the cap. Cause I know it's a big cut, uh, this year. And so I want to help and I want to make it easier to keep Preston Smith. I want to make it easier for the team to go and, and be nimble in free agency. And so let me, let's sign an extension and obviously he would want that extension, but Green Bay wants the, the financial flexibility and maybe they want a player, you know, he's going to be in his year 30, 31 season. That's not crazy because Zadarius Smith is the kind of guy because of his skill set. He doesn't rely on sheer athleticism. You know, someone like Clay Matthews, he was so twitchy and so athletic and so ferocious you know, he could convert speed to power and all that that explosive dynamic ability that was really reliant on his athletic talent. And when the athleticism started to wane, you were just going, you yeah, know, this is not going to this is not going to work out because he just couldn't beat guys off the line of scrimmage anymore. Couldn't run the loop as well anymore. And I, I, frankly, I was a little surprised that he, that he didn't get signed, that he was just all of a sudden out of the league after having a pretty good season in L.A., but at the same time, this this can happen. I don't think Zadarius is in any danger of having that happen because he's so good with his hands and he's so good as an interior pass rusher where you don't have to be quite as quick with your get off. For the same reason that Michael Bennett played into his 30s and played well. And there's, you know, there's plenty of guys who are Outside pass rushers who could slide inside and play and continue to be really good. Dwight Freeney was not someone who slid inside, but he, you know, he played until he was like, you know, 50, not really. John Abraham played late into his career because he had the spin move and he, he had the bend forever. I think Zadarius has the traits with the hand placement, with the intelligence, and with with his body the way that it is. He's big enough to handle the pounding with a little bit more inside pass rush. I think he's someone who could age well. And Green Bay, you know, he he can't give them all $9 million probably in, in terms of trying to find that cap savings. But it's possible that between, you know, another cut here, you know, move on from Dean Lowry and you get an Adams extension and you get a Zadarius extension. That could be enough. You might not have to do anything with Aaron Rodgers. Now, we've had multiple reports that the expectation is that's still going to happen. But maybe you don't have to. And if you don't have to, maybe you'd rather not. Maybe you'd rather not. Now, we can we can litigate the PR of that. 
And that's a real conversation, by the way, because it's not just the, the external PR, it's the internal PR. You do not want to piss off Rodgers by saying, yeah, we're going to redo everyone else's contract except yours. I mean, is that really what you want to do? And maybe it is because, hey, guess what? Last year you pissed off Rodgers and, and he played, he had his best career, you know, really since 2011 probably. So maybe what you want to do is always be finding ways to piss off Rodgers. Maybe, maybe that's the goal. The Packers are not in a great cap situation, but it's not a it's not a totally untenable cap situation. And it's something that I think they have a path to deal with. This is just another avenue that they could take. I think Zadarius Smith, you know, if it were me, I would I would try and do this deal. And I and I I think Zadarius could go down as a beloved Green Bay Packer. You know, maybe not a, a ring of honor type player, but a Packers Hall of Famer. You know, you you get a Super Bowl and and he becomes one of those guys that is always coming back for the big games and he's coming and then it's, and you know waving to the fans and maybe even they're probably not going to settle because he's from the south originally it's too cold in wisconsin but it, it's just one of those things that i think is something to keep an eye on because it could be an easy way in a way that we haven't talked enough about on this show for the packers to clear some cap space and take care of a guy who's really been awesome for them Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball is, ooh, college basketball is real juicy right now. And the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Bet Online has you covered for everything you can think of prop bets for days. Go to the website or use your mobile device and sign up to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use the promo code locked on, you put money in, you use the promo code locked on, they will match that deposit up to 50%. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. A lot of cuts, a lot of cuts coming through and some guys that could be intriguing to Green Bay. John Brown, speedster in Buffalo, gets cut. Emmanuel Sanders gets cut in New Orleans after one season. One season. Brutal. Brutal. He decided to go to New Orleans over an offer to play in Green Bay, he said, because he'd rather be in New Orleans than Green Bay. Frankly, can't blame him for that. But, I mean, if he comes to Green Bay, maybe the NFC Championship game goes differently. Maybe he's got a Super Bowl ring right now. And... Ben Albright, who's been on this show, said he wouldn't be surprised if Sanders showed up in Green Bay on a team-friendly deal. Go chase the ring. Go play with Aaron Rodgers. Not a crazy notion. Especially, you know, some of the stuff we talked about yesterday with Devin Funches. He's basically fighting for a roster spot. If you're, you know, you give some incentive-laden deal to Sanders, he can come in and be your sort of primary slot receiver when it's not Devontae Adams. I don't want to take snaps away from Adams in the slot. I don't want to take snaps away from MVS because of his speed down the field. And I don't want to take snaps away from Alan Lazard. So I don't know how much someone like Emmanuel Sanders moves the needle for me. But if he wants to come in and, and you know, just sort of say, hey, I just want to play a role. I just want to play a role. Great. Great. He's better than Malik Taylor. You know, we talked about this with Devin Funches. He's better than Malik Taylor, better than Darius Shepard. Now, he's not going to play special teams. But you've got enough other guys. They're probably going to draft, you know, five corners. They can play the special teams. I'm not really that worried about it. I don't think they need to make a move at receiver in free agency. But there are some guys out there worth considering. 
So just something that I wanted to put out there. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Thank you.